The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest, I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second, who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's gonna listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. I want to thank you guys for taking the time out to check back in with the show, coming back to hang out with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the reviews and the ratings and the new subscriptions. Keep them coming. Just helps new people find the show. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Uh, I need to address something. Last week on my episode with Chuck, I threw somebody under the bus hardcore. Uh, basically told them to go fuck themselves. Not sorry I did it. Uh, I have no regrets. I'm not going to take anything back. But I was wrong. He actually is touring. He did a uh, he did a tour in Europe a few months ago, so he is gigging. He's obviously doing more and better than I am. So good on him. Uh, he's still a douchebag. But I will admit I was wrong, so let's just clear the air. Good on him. Congratulations. Good job, buddy. Oh, that hurt. Anyway, please make sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc., located in the beautiful Highlands in Louisville, Kentucky. Go in the shop, mention the Bar Star Podcast, and you will get 10% off your tattoo by any artist in the shop, not just Travis. You should go to Travis, because I go to Travis, but whatever. Uh, as you figured out from the description of the show, I am not flying solo today. I am hanging out with someone who we figured out earlier today that we have not seen each other in person in 17 years. That's a long damn time, but we've stayed in touch and all that kind of stuff. Some of my Louisville friends know I was in a lot of heavy bands for a lot of years, and one of those bands was called Warmouth. Uh, something about a Pantera song and some other bullshit. I don't remember. <laughs> But I have in my office, in the house, the one and only, the ever beautiful, the very handsome and debonair, my God, you're so cute, PJ Maxwell. What is up, my brother? (laughs) Brother, I'm just here living the dream. You know me. Anytime I get in the car, come up and have some fun, that's what I'm all about. I know. How you been, man? How's things? How's life? Well... Been married for 16 years. Finally found a woman that could put up with me. It only took four times at the plate to get one out of the park. Well, let's not... I mean, you know me. I call a spade a fucking shovel. You pay her a lot of money to hang out with you. Yeah, I did. I did. She, uh... (laughs) She's driving a brand new Challenger, and I drive a Kia... Forte, y'all do the math. We're we're looking at about twenty grand difference there. Uh, no, she she's a good woman. She she uh, actually, you know, I, I was going through some shit, believe it or not, and uh, I know you me going through trouble. Shit. No, no, I, I was uh, in a band that was signed. Uh, they were in negotiations with Hollywood Records, and 
the guy that was over the whole thing was taking money and points and was screwing people and I got wise to it and when I kind of called a spade a spade miraculously I was out of the band I started I don't know how that happened but uh, oh wait, hold up let me get this straight a, a record industry type person was fucking somebody oh yeah no uh, brother he had both hands on the shoulders and I think one foot on the desk <laughs> oh you get what I'm saying <laughs> I don't even know if there was courtesy spit involved on that. <laughs> Brother, it, it was so bad he's doing 30 federal, okay? Damn. Right, well, we ain't wire gonna, fraud. Mm, we ain't going to talk about Multiple wire fucking counts. So, like I said, we haven't seen each other face-to-face in 17 years, but we have been in contact. We talk, I don't want to say often, but we text and message each other quite regularly. Um, Anytime I see something gay, I contact you. Yeah, that's about right. Well, I mean, there is that. What did you tell me today? uh, I have sugar in my shorts. Sugar in the shorts, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Rudy Pooh has sugar in his shorts, which means he has candy goes in his ass. And what an ass it is. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Stroking my own ego there for a second. Um, So you and I met. Now, I'm going to start right here because I have a surprise for you. That you've never seen or heard, which you would never see it yet. Eventually, it'll be published. I'm gonna read in this microphone what I wrote about you in my book. Oh, this is gonna suck. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Before we start, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I was an asshole. Yes, I thought I was God. Uh, wasn't thought, that great? Thought. Well, at times I portrayed myself as a God. Yeah. You were always great. Don't sell yourself short. I mean, granted, you did have an ego the size of goddamn Montana, but... You Montana's not that big. Let's go for, like, a large state, like California. All right. Fair I enough. can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you do know that I wrote a book and all that shit, and, and oh, yeah. I've, I've talked about I'm it I'm waiting on my copy. I expect it to be autographed. <laughs> Motherfucker, I'm waiting on my copy. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> get that bitch published. But this is what I wrote about you in my book. This is The Meeting of PJ. <clears throat> I had to get my reading voice. <clears throat> me, me. No, I didn't. Fuck it. In a small apartment complex the wife and I had moved into, I met a guy at the pool one day, and meetings like those only come from the music gods because it was so out of left field. We're sitting out by the pool, and here comes this dude with a reverse mohawk, shaved in the middle and the sides sticking straight up, which were green, and he was covered in tattoos. I was in shock to see someone with that look in the gas house. He lived a few doors down from us, so I struck up a conversation with him. His name was PJ, and he was every bit as outlandish as he looked. He was wide open all the time and loved to bust people's balls for any little thing, so I thought for sure he had to be a singer. He was. He fronted a groove metal band, whatever the hell that meant. I had never heard that term before. It was a whole new thing for me, but I was interested as I loved learning new things. I still do, in fact. Life is an endless wonder if you embrace it, and I've always tried to do that. What, Dr. Phil? That you? He told me about his band and I should come by and check them out as they may or may not be looking for a new drummer. Really? Let's be a little vague, shall we? I met the rest of the guys in the band a few days later at their rehearsal space and they were nothing like I remember people from Gastonia being, just like PJ. Cool dudes with their lives together and great musicians as well. It was like I went to the Twilight Zone. The gas house had changed or I grew more mature. Jury's still out on the ladder. That's what I wrote about you in the book, fucker. Well... I guess that means I was cool. Holy fuck. Imagine that. 
You didn't know what to think, did you? Oh, no, I figured for sure it was like, you know, uppercut to the nuts with the old T-ball swing. Oh, oh no, that was in the next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Really? <laughs> oh, that must be when we talk about the show. No, actually, I, I go on to talk about how the band, how I got in the band and all that kind of stuff. But I thought that was kind of cool because not a... I've only read one thing on the show about the book. I always give updates about the book and stuff, but there's only been a handful of people that have read it. And I know you haven't read anything, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to read him that and see what he thinks. Well, you know I can't read him from Gaston County. That is so true. Fuck that. I scored 1,200 on the SAT. I can read. I did really good in the math. (laughs) Pulled off my shoes and everything. (laughs) I can count to 21 in the shower. 21? Mm -hmm. I get 22, baby. Double deucing. <laughs> oh, we're not counting nuts? No. Oh. That would be 23, you non-counting bastard. No, I'm married. It's 22. Fair enough. <laughs> I Wait. love it. I'm married too. That means I can only count to 20 now. Damn. Stacy, I love you. <laughs> no, so for the my Louisville friends who, just so you know, I don't, I don't really talk a whole lot about my past as far as all the quote shit that I've done. I don't really care. I'm in I'm in the same industry that that guys up here are in, and and they've we've all done amazing things, all of us. I am uh, I'm pretty fortunate. That's why I've been up here for 11 years. Um, I, I've got some really cool friends. I play with some amazing musicians who've done some cool shit. But I don't go around talking about. Well, I was in this band and we did this, that, and the other. Da 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 da. So not a lot of people know. A whole lot about Warmouth. Some of my close friends do. So about this time, they're going to go, O'Reilly, shut up. We get it. We've heard this fucking story. But. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like male. Dude, she's so tired of me talking about different. Back in the day. Back in the day shit. She's like, let it go. (laughs) Let it go, pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) But I figured for the sake of my show and that you have graced Louisville with your presence. You've never been up here before, have you? Why, hell no. I made a special appearance just to be on a show. That's the lie we're going to go with. All right. I like it. Okay. Like it. It's works your lie. Me. You tell it your way. Damn right. Damn right. Story of my life. Story. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Big Daddy Max is in the house. Come find where I'm at and let's see what you're working with. All right. Just kidding, honey. I, I, I'm not looking for nothing. I'm here with Steve and we're all alone and I'm starting to worry. That's why the cell phone's on speed dial. I'm not touching that. I'm just going to leave that shit alone. I'm just going to leave that right there. <laughs> well, anybody knows, she knows why it's on speed dial. I love you, fucker. <laughs> I know. I know. I missed your face. You know why he missed my face? Because I was the one that used to bust his balls the way he bust everybody's up here. You know, it's not a lot. No, it's not a lie. There's some serious ball busting going on. Absolutely. I mean, I wrote about it in the book, obviously. So (laughs) everybody who knows how I wrote the book knows that I had to Google myself so my memory sucks. But I remember that shit, and I remember that day at the pool. Oh, God. It it was kind of rude, everybody. I'm not going to lie. I I think you said something like, what the fuck are you supposed to be? (laughs) I didn't even have tattoos yet. (laughs) I did have some really bad Crypt Keeper hair, though. Oh, my God. Remember my Crypt Keeper hair? I, I do remember the hair. <laughs> if y'all ever get Steve alone, ask him about the time I convinced him to put the spider on his head and die with his hair. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. 
he had his hair about to his shoulders and he had all these white strands that looked like a spider laying on top of his head. Oh, it was fantastic for me to look at every time I turned around. Just so y'all know, that shit was off the chain. <laughs> it actually didn't look bad. I'm jealous as fuck. I couldn't grow. Uh, I, I did have the racing stripes for a minute. I had a three on one side and three on the other. Remember those? Yeah. Or, or, no, you and I called them my Adidas stripes. <laughs> now, that's exactly what we called them. <laughs> because the chick that did it fried my hair. Yeah. Because, and then shortly after that, I moved to Columbia, and that's when I shaved my head. Anyway, enough about that shit. How long, and I'm asking because I genuinely don't know, or I have forgotten, one of the two. How long was Warm Out Together before I came along? Uh, Do you even remember how long it was together? Shit, it's in so many... Because we're going back a long time. Well, hell, I'm pretty fucking old, so... Uh... But you look good in the motherfucker. That's my job. That's the last compliment I'm giving you. <laughs> Treats me bad. It's like being at home. Uh, the boy ignores me and the dogs just want me to take them out. Uh, brother, I'd say we had probably been together with that group of guys four years maybe. So you were together that long before I came along? Yeah. Okay. And It, it all fell apart in the studio. But it didn't fall apart in a bad way. It was... It was more of a drumming thing, correct? Because Rusty was leaving or something. No, 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 no. See, here, here's the deal on that. You don't know this because you probably weren't privy to this. but Or I forgot it, one of the two. We actually were playing with John's brother. And he was having a lot of home issues. And this is not a slam against Jim at all. Jim, please forgive me. But it caused major tension. Right. So, oh, well, I, I wrote about the tension between you and Greg in the book, so and we'll get to that. So you, this is not slamming on anybody. So it is what it is, or it was what it was. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, basically we got in there, and Jim knew all the songs. Jim could play the songs. We played them forever. Right. You know, practiced them a gazillion times. Jim couldn't keep time. His mind was somewhere else, just totally... Out of, out of pocket. I do kind of remember you telling me, you guys telling me something about that back in the at the time. But I had called Rusty and had Rusty fill in, and then that's we, what it we was. We tried to get Rusty to play with us. God bless Rusty. That is the biggest head I've ever met, and he just he can't <laughs> play when he's high. I, I remember that too. But for a point of reference for the people listening. We haven't seen each other in 17 years, which means we haven't played in together in 18 years. Well, yeah, that's probably true. Because we did, everything we did was between 99 and 2000. Yeah. 2001, it was about a two and a half year window. Because I left in 2001 and went back to Columbia from Gastonia. And then our road trip down there, what? We practiced trying to do something else, what, about three times? Yep, and that didn't work. It just wasn't going to happen. It's too much. It's too much bullshit. It's too much pressure. So, yeah. So, I was only... We were only a band, believe it or not, all, all the shit we did. We were only a band for almost three years. So, you had seven total with the band. You did. Yeah. So, I came along in, like I just said, 99 or so, and then we recorded the EP in the end of 2000. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because I, the only reason I know that is because you saw it when you got here today when I, you were in the garage yeah. where it's hanging up. The copyright thing on it is 2001. I, I don't know why. I'll never forget that. I just won't. 
That and it said 60 to 90 productions. <laughs> uh, you know, everything's always yeah, just 60, 60 to 90, 90 days. days away. <laughs> God. Oh, give me, oh, just give me 60 to 90 days. What? Yeah, that's pretty funny. But we. Boys and girls, if they tell you they need 60 to 90 days to do anything, they are lying to out, you. Out their asses. And uh, if they know what the fuck they're doing, you don't need but 30 days for anything. Well, true. So. That's where okay, so that's where I came in, and I don't remember, and I even wrote about this in the book. I don't remember how, other than the obvious, we were just shooting the shit. Is how you figured out I was a drummer. That's the only thing I can remember because I don't think there was any references. I don't think we knew any of the same people because you didn't know Daniel yet. Because I brought Daniel in six months later, if my memory is correct, because it was just John, and we yep. we were like we, we had had Mike before. And Mike had left. I, fuck, I forgot about Mike. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. Mike was there, but he, I played with him once, maybe twice, and he was gone. And it was yeah, just I, four I, of us. It's because his IT stuff, dude, he was too busy. He didn't have time. Yeah, he was a smart motherfucker. Still is. He handles like some huge healthcare company stuff down south now. Oh, you mean motherfucker getting paid? Oh, <laughs> the the templates for the Home Depot and Lowe's sites, mm-hmm. Mike designed those. Oh, holy shit! All right then. <laughs> but we, but then we brought Daniel in, or I brought Daniel in, because I don't. None of you guys knew Daniel. I don't think. I'm pretty positive that you didn't. I. I think Greg knew of him, but and, we and never he played in Pigfish, though, right? Yeah, we had played with Pigfish. Yeah, but that's what I mean. That was the first time you guys had ever seen him. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, it was my connection. And I don't mean that that I'm taking credit. I'm just saying, trying to put the timeline together. Steve's laugh. Tell it his way. Shh. Edit. Okay. <laughs> Everybody knows my memory blows. Um, that's not all. <laughs> that's not all, bitch. But I mean, timeline-wise, we played with Pigfish. And that was the first time you had seen Daniel. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that's my buddy Daniel. We, Him and I used to play in his tool shed in his backyard. And you were like, no shit. Or something to that effect. And fast forward a month or whatever, he was in the band with us. We brought him in. Yeah. Because that newspaper clipping that you saw in the garage is with Daniel, Daniel in the picture. Is John in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it, it was me, you, Greg, Daniel, and John. Because we wanted... Dual guitars to get a thick sound. Yippers. Because we were tuned in the key of hell. Oh, absolutely. That was some low tuning shit. Uh, drop D. <laughs> no, it was drop fucking F. That's how low that shit was. Was it really? No, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I'm a drummer. I don't fucking know that shit. He can't tune the motherfuckers neither. Don't let him lie. Oh, bull- everybody around here knows that's a bullshit lie. Ask him who taught him how to tune his drums. It wasn't you. I know it wasn't me. Fuck, I'm a singer. I can't do shit. <laughs> well, I had to learn how to tune somewhere. Who do you think taught me how to tune drums? Tim Lale. No, Tim Lale did not teach me how to tune drums. That's a damn lie. No, it's not. Tim. Do Lale. not use the name of the Lale in vain. <laughs> Tim Lale taught me how to hit better with my left hand. He never taught me how to tune. So you're saying you hit it with your left hand? It depends on what day it is. What's today? I'm always looking for the stranger. Is that what the left hand is? Hey. Shh, don't give away the secrets, dog. <laughs> don't give away the secrets. Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I figured out how to tune way before I got better at drums. If that makes any sense. Absolutely, it does. 
I don't know where I got it from. I, I really don't know. I know it wasn't Tim because I had one sit down with Tim years ago and I just showed you in my yeah, drawer. Yeah. You just pulled it out and showed me the tape. I have a practice tape that says Steven's practice tape and my name is spelled with a PH. Thanks, Tim. Um, and we recorded it. He just gave me some quick advice. I think we were together for 15 minutes. And he, he gave me this left-hand thing. He's like, yeah, you got to do this. And I don't remember what it was because, God damn it, was it forever ago. But I had already learned how to tune up to that point, and I just kept getting better at tuning. And I don't know why. I think it's because I've had conversations with other drummers about this. I think it's because I always had shitty gear because I was broke all the time. So I had to figure out how to make shitty gear sound good. So you're saying you were a musician and you were broke. Get the hell out of here. There's I know, no fucking way. I know, right? I know. How does that happen? Story of my life. <laughs> you're not a musician. Oh, that's right. I'm a singer, baby. Uh, singer. Woo! Bring it in. Bring it in, ladies. Oh, that's why I was broke right there. <laughs> when you're in the shit for the wrong reason, you don't make it to the big time, people. That is true. So by this time, where we are, we're in... 99-2000 is when I was in the band. You had the meeting with Fred Durst, right? Yeah, yeah. Flew out to uh, L.A. Uh, with Wendell Cuthbertson, who was childhood buddies with Fred. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, newsflash in case anybody don't know, in case you didn't find it on the old interwebs. Fred Durst ain't from Jacksonville, Florida. Fred Durst is from Gastonia, North Carolina. His dad was the vice principal of Hunter Huss High School. Mm-hmm. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody tells you different is telling you a damn lie. Anyway, carry on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If we're going to go all the way into the deep well, <laughs> yours truly and Fred Durst got into a fight. Ooh, who won? Who do you fucking think won? <laughs> it wasn't Stumpy. <laughs> Sorry, Fred. I apologize for that. I know that's an inside joke that only you and a few other people know. <laughs> Uh, I, I actually, Fred and I did get in a fight when we were kids. I was probably like 13 years old, seriously. And it was, I was out dancing him at the skating ring. <laughs> I am not lying to you. <laughs> he pulled out a rubber hose and was wanting to fight. Biggest, biggest guy in the skating ring walked over to me and goes, he swings that rubber hose. You don't worry about nothing. I'm knocking him the fuck. I said, I ain't worried about him. <laughs> and when he heard I wasn't worried about him, Fred disappeared. But, you know, that's funny. head flush in the toilet. We'll talk about that at another time. Swirly. Swirly alert. Swirly alert. He says different. Fred's lying. <laughs> I don't have an ego to protect. I'm just me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you flew out to L.A. Flew out to L.A. Uh, we, we got the meeting set up. I'm staying at the Waldorf. There's a Waldorf in L.A.? No. Waldorf's in New York, fucker. Fuck. What is it? Good job. Way to go. Edit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Fuck you. Edit. Uh, no. It, Fuck you twice. Nope. Ah, <laughs> oh, hell. What was the name of that? Fuck. Doesn't matter. Same motel, same pretty woman. Fuck you. Okay. All right. So, we're up, like, nosebleed section, because that's what we could afford, because <laughs> I wasn't floating the bill. Uh, we open up, walk out on our balcony, and I look over into the older section of the hotel, which is just across the alleyway. Right. Diana Ross is over there. Smoking cigarettes out on the back. I'm like, you ain't supposed to be smoking? <laughs> she looks at me, waves, and she goes, 
prettiest round circles you ever seen. I looked at Wendell. I said, you know who that is? He goes, that's Diana Ross. I said, hell yeah, that's Diana Ross, dude. I said, I wonder if she'll be singing later. <laughs> I'm so gay, dude. I, I love Motown stuff. I really do. Uh, dude, I, I've known that about you. Dude, everybody knows that if you do what we do, let me rephrase that. Everybody should know if you do what we do, you love everything. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of shit you don't like, but nothing sucks. You just don't necessarily like uh, it. Okay, I don't think anything sucks. I'll just tell you straight up, I hate it, and I'd rather you kick me in the fucking teeth and make me listen to it. But it doesn't suck because somebody somewhere likes it. Okay, I'll give you that. Somebody somewhere always likes everything. Dude. That's true. It doesn't Which, matter if that singer can sing or if it's in time or somebody guitars are out it. of key, whatever. Somebody somewhere is going to tell you regardless, and it is the biggest ego boost you'll ever get in your life. Dude, you guys were badass. And the whole time you're up there, you're going, God, my guitar sounds like crap. Or crap, <laughs> I'm losing my voice. I sound like crap. Or for God's sakes, play in time. You know, it's, it's always something. And then somebody out to believe just walk up and they had the best time, think you're the greatest, and they'll, yep. you know, buy, let me buy you a beer. Let me, let's yep. hang out. You, you want to meet my wife? Sh shit like that, dude, that always made it worth it for me. Oh, it made it worth it for me, too, especially when you know you had a shit night. Wait, did we ever have... We, no. No, not oh, us. No. no. Two yeah. shows in one day. Oh, yeah, we had a shit night. <sighs> Yeah, that was worse. Had on third you. degree sunburn. That was worse on that was worse <laughs> on you than it was on me. Oh, all right. Anyway, back to L.A. Uh, rain. What is it? I just had Chuck on here last week, and I had to rein him in too. It's a singer thing. I, I think it is. Turn your phone off, PJ. You're on a podcast. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm a fat kid at heart. Wife's texting me pictures of food from North Carolina. It's not like I'm going to eat or nothing. Holy shit. Okay. Damn, that looks hey, good. Hey guys. <laughs> Not a bullshit lie. He really did just get a picture of food. And speaking of food, because you've never been here, cheap plug for the Blind Squirrel. I took you there for lunch. What'd you think? Oh, Blind Squirrel, a 10 out of 10. And ladies and gentlemen, burger might I suggest, awesome. might I suggest that burger. What is it? The Tom? The Tom and Todd's burger. <sighs> Fantastic. That's almost North Carolina barbecue, people. Now, I don't want to sugarcoat it for you, but that's really, really close. You get that, you get you one of those grande pbrs go with it sit out on the patio let that sun just touch your elbow don't let it get all over you now because you don't want your beer hot but oh i that's don't want my head i ain't worried about that uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the, the description he gave when he read his intro from the book still stands yes it's been almost 20 years and no i can't get another haircut <laughs> The shit don't grow in the middle no more, people. You shave it out and talk to it dirty, it won't come back. That's true, but it's not green anymore. That's kind of white. Uh, well, that's because I died because it's gray. Uh. No. No, really, it's gray. You just don't know it. Yeah, but you got that. First of all, I don't call it gray. I call it chrome. You see that shit on my chin? That's yeah. chrome. That's not gray, brother. Oh, you that's mean chrome. So this is chrome. That's chrome, brother. Yeah. Chrome from now, from this day forth. Thou shall be called Chrome. Oh, easy now. I thought it was Thunder Lips in the Flesh, baby. Oh, yeah. You probably all aren't old enough to know who that is. Can't give it to you. Look it up. <laughs> anyway. Wait a minute. Edit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> 
everybody loves to say that on the show. They're like, you're going to edit this, right? Nope. <laughs> Not a fucking chance. All right. So anyway, Diana Ross is smoking on the balcony. I'm going to need to focus. Focus. Okay. All right. Get so- to the part where you meet Stumpy. <laughs> All right, so PJ being PJ, you know, we're, we're trying to work out schedules. He's actually shooting the video for Rearranged at the time. Uh, one of them songs he had. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just always wanted to rename Nookie to Cookie. I did it all for the cookie. And have Cookie Monster sing it. I've always wanted to do that. But it never happened. Carry on. <laughs> Bewilderment. I love it. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? <laughs> oh. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we, we finally get it worked out. So we're having to kill. We killed about two days there. Right. Trying to get up with him. And, uh, you know, I did what most people do. Called the label. Had him send more money. <laughs> I need the money. I need money because uh, at that point in my career, the titty bars weren't free. <laughs> so I'm on the Sunset Strip checking out all the clubs. Uh, going to all the bars. We went to the Rainbow Room. Viper Room was actually closed. Uh, we go into the Rainbow Room. And you mean you mean the Rainbow? Rainbow Room is something totally different. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes, it's the Rainbow. Edit. <laughs> Bitch. Okay. So we go to the Rainbow. Motherfucker. <laughs> PJ, look at me. Been a long life, my friend. <laughs> Sweet Bubba. You just told me something today that I didn't even know we did, so it's fine. Just carry on. That we apparently did once a month when we used to get the pay per views. I don't remember that. <laughs> I literally there's one. I don't remember it. So I'll let it slide. Carry okay. on. <laughs> so so we go to the rainbow room and You did it again. Rainbow. <laughs> Motherfucker I did do it again. That's like when I used to get a line in my head for a song and I'd change something and I'd sing it wrong. Yep. <laughs> Repeat after me. Rainbow. Repeat after me. Edit. Okay. All right. So, when did I get into the rainbow? Right. Uh, guy, Good job. The guy tells me, uh, look, guys, I know you're from out of town. Uh, there's no smoking. If you do smoke, make sure you keep it below the bar. I was like, Okay. Do what? <laughs> what? What? You know, back then you could still smoke in bars, right. whatnot, especially here in the South. But you know, I'm like, well, I'm not really smoking. Back then, I actually didn't smoke that much. It was here and there, and usually when I was drunk. Okay, so I smoked, you know, a couple of days a week. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. It's my life. Uh, no, but you know. Uh, By the way, kids, this will be the episode where I'm probably the quietest. Okay, second quietest, because I was really quiet on Marvin's episode. PJ likes to talk. I'm going up the steps. (laughs) Fuck you, Steve. All right. Uh, Going up the steps, I meet Raven, the wrestler. Gotcha. And uh, I'm like, dude, I I said, you know what? I'm just going to ask you one question, and I know you probably don't want to talk about business. He goes, no, no, it's okay. What do you want to know? I said, why in the hell aren't you the champ? <laughs> and he looked at me and cold face over and said, well, I'm not 50 years old and don't have bleach blonde hair. <laughs> and for those of y'all that don't know, that's when Flair was the champ. Uh, 
Yeah, but he's Ric Flair, though. 17, 18, <laughs> 27 time champ. Yeah. Ric Flair's good, dude. He actually is. His son David's fucking hell of a guy. Like, hanging out with him. Actually wrote a theme song for him, too. You remember that one? No, I do not. Yes, you do. I do. I just do what the voices tell me to. I don't know that song. Really? <laughs> dude, you, what, you get gullible on your friends since I've seen you last? Huh. <laughs> I played drums on that fucking song. <laughs> you we recorded it at fucking uh, Evan's brother's place, Billy Dean. Old that would be Evan Courageous, ladies and gentlemen. Old House Studios. Yeah, but we practiced at fucking Billy Dean's. That's Evan's brother. When we had the old warehouse where face was practiced... Oh, and we had the huge parachute before we moved down to Danny's. Yeah, I was going to say that. We weren't in there that long. Because we, we we weren't in there but maybe a month or two because then we went down to my dad's place. Couldn't my brother it. Danny. And my dad had a, my brother Danny and my dad had a building and they had a loft upstairs that they weren't using. I shouldn't even call it a loft. It was a space upstairs that they weren't using. And we rented it from my dad. And I can thank Greg Herndon for that because my pop was like, hell no, I don't want to band in here. I said, but one of the dudes works at the Ford place and he's a mechanic. Okay, when you want to move in. Really, fucker? Anyway, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> How about me and John hanging on the ceiling wiring it? That that was good too. Oh yeah, that sucked. And then the hole, there was a hole, the, the steps to get up there was a hole in the floor with no railing. Oh, and absolutely. Miraculously, the two years we were in there, none of us fell. I don't know how that happened, but none of us I fell. I don't know how Bobo or Holly or anybody else that came up here didn't fall either. Because <laughs> there was some football batness going on there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that uh, comes with a parental advisory. Please step away from the edge of the stairs. Yeah, it, it, the stairs really were a hole in the floor. There was no railing, no nothing, no shit. There wasn't even a railing to get down there. Loading in and out for shows sucked. But you know what? We put a lot of real good sweat equity there. Oh, fuck yeah, we did. That place was badass. I loved it. Oh, yeah. And it stunk. Absolutely. That like carpet. mildew and car parts. Fantastic. It was great. Except in the winter, it was cold as a motherfucker up there. All right, so well, anyway, back to L.A. where it's nice and sunny. So, when I, you know, I meet Raven, and he keeps going down the stairs. I go upstairs. Freaking Perry Saturn's there hammered. I'm sitting beside Perry Saturn, drinking beer, having a great time. And Wendell goes, get a phone call. I'll be right back. It's Fred. He wants to meet the next day. Uh-huh. All right. Now, this is all before I'm in the band, correct? Correct. Okay. I thought so. I just couldn't remember. So, I go the next day, and Fred actually lived in the condos right off the strip, about five blocks from the titty bar. Imagine that. No. We go, and... He's got his dog, Biscuit. I walk in the door. He goes, so you're from Gastonia? I said, yeah. He goes, you must want a Budweiser. <laughs> Hands me a cold Budweiser when I walk in the door. <laughs> That's not stereotypical, people. That was my life back then. True, but can I just point out the fact that he had a dog named Biscuit? That's oh, yeah. the most cliche-ish cliche ever. Oh, it was Bulldog, too. Oh, fuck. Carry on. I ain't even touching that. Go ahead. Had, had done chewed up everything in his house. <laughs> He hadn't unpacked from the tour yet. Had that room. He he just like popped it open and showed us. He goes, I still ain't even unpacked. You know, him and Wendell's carrying on. And Wendell says, you know this guy? And he said, I do. He said, yeah, you met him at the skating rink. He said, show him that move, PJ. 
<laughs> and he looked at me, kind of cocked his head like a dog lost in the headlights and went, and then we started talking and uh, he said, well, let me hear what you got. So he put the CD on, he's listening to it. He's getting into it and he's asking me questions about the band and what we want to do. And then he asked me a question that I really wasn't comfortable with. He asked me if I'd be interested in him getting me another band. I don't know if you knew this. Do you know this? I, it's ringing a bell. I kind of remember this. Right. Doesn't matter if I remember or not. Keep going. All right. So he said, well, I like what you're doing. He goes, I think we could do something with that. He goes, but I'm not real fond of everybody in the band. He said, what if I get you a band and I just sign you today? No, that I didn't know. I wouldn't do it. That said, doesn't surprise me, but that I didn't know. And then he said, okay, well, what if I sign your band? He said, but you can't be tied in with that label thing that you're with now I said well you know he kind of flew us out here he goes yeah, I'm not worried about that I just need you to sign right here I told him no huh. the only thing I remember from when you went out there was he had supposedly said the compliment that he gave you working and, man's Pantera yeah quite possibly the next Pantera or working man's Pantera or something like that yeah I do. I, I remember that, but I don't. And I wasn't even in the band when all this shit happened, anyway. And that's really all I remember because I remember you were shopping it and trying to do something with the band, even though you hadn't settled on a drummer yet. Yeah, I do I, remember I, all that. I, I I had a back then. I had so much drive. I lived it, breathed it, preached it. Mm-hmm. Did, did, did you did? You did preach it, brother. Mm-hmm. There's a moment we called you, brother PJ. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> so anyway, he offered you kind of a, a, a deal right there, and you basically said no. It was a cutthroat thing for the guys that had sent us out there. Right. He just wanted you, essentially. I couldn't do that to my friends. I, dude, I get it. I, sometimes I wish I'd have done it. but There it is. But you know what? There's something else I did when I was out there that only a few people know, too. He played that Mud Shovel song for me, and I said, that sounded really good with the bullhorn. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. For those of you who don't know, listening, and a lot of you don't because you've never heard Warmouth, and maybe by the end of this episode, you might. Who knows? Uh, PJ had a fascination with the bullhorn. Oh, in yeah. a good way. In a good, not in a bad way. Every song, every line. Sounded great. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and then we took that and cut that by about 85%. <laughs> I got cussed a lot. You did, but my favorite thing you ever did with a bullhorn was we used to cover Come Together, and we did a heavy version of it because we were a heavy band, and you sang it through a bullhorn, and that was fucking phenomenal. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, dude, I was in this band, and we used to cover Come Together, and the singer sang it through a bullhorn. It was awesome. One of my favorite things you've ever done. It was just a different take on it. Oh, fuck yeah. I loved it. Side story. When I moved to Jacksonville, and I already lived in Gastonia. No. I was in Jacksonville before I moved to Gastonia. Yeah, back to Gastonia the second time. When I was in Jacksonville, I was in this band, and we shared it with another. We shared a rehearsal space with another band. And the drummer, at the time, doesn't matter how old he was, we'll just call him late 20s, because I can't, I can't remember. You can't remember? I can't remember. That, that did come out cunty, didn't it? Yes. A little cunty. Hey. Yeah. Working on your accent, are you? No, I just can't fucking talk. No, okay. That works, too. I have a podcast, but I can't fucking talk. Um, (laughs) And I I got nothing. I've been doing this all day. 
uh, I was talking to my buddy Chris. Hi, Evans. Earlier this afternoon, and I said, this is great. I can't fucking talk, and I'm doing a podcast this afternoon. And he goes, sucks to be you. <laughs> and that was the end of the conversation. Anyway, um, guy was a phenomenal fucking drummer. He was that drummer. He was what I call, I hate to even call it this, but for those that are not drummers, they'll get this. He was a drummer's drummer. This dude would start playing, and you just I would just watch him and go, God damn, you're fucking good. About five years before we had that, we shared that practice space with him. He was in a band. The same band he was in. They were they had a show at some venue. There was a hotel across the street. Typical story you hear in the movies. This dude just happened to be in town who was with some label. It was it was either Capital or Columbia. My memory eludes me. Eludes me. Kind of like verbs are eluding me today. And he just happened to walk over there because there was a band playing. He pulls the drummer to the side and he says, I will have you in New York by Monday morning. All you have to do is leave these fuckers Give me your name and all your shit. I'll put you on a plane. I'll have you in New York. I'll have you in a band. You'll be on tour by next month. He said, you're that good. Kid was, he he was barely 21 when all this happened. That's why I'm going mid-20s when I knew him. And he turned it down. He said, I can't leave my friends. And on the one hand, I admire it and I get it. But on the other hand, not a year after that, he had to get a real job, so to speak. Started doing, installing tile floors in Florida Knees are shot. Quit playing. He was on the verge of quitting when I knew him. But he quit playing. He hasn't played since. Because he didn't want to leave his friends. It's it's weird because obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. But the point I'm getting at is it's what do you do in that situation? Because the end of the day, you have to sleep with yourself. And I mean that literally. When I go to bed, I'm stuck with me. Even though Stacy's beside me, nine times out of ten she's already asleep. But I'm still in my own head. You know what I'm saying? I have to worry about me. And I've always thought about, I think about him a lot. Like, man, what the fuck would I have done? I know what I had done. (laughs) Love you fuckers. I'm out. It's ruthless and it's brutal. But look at him now. He can't, he lit. I'm not going to do two. Literally. I'm not going to do two that quick. (laughs) He literally can't play anymore. His knees are fucking shot because he had to go to work. He had to pay bills. Yeah. It's just, it sucks. The, The industry is the way it is. You know, there, there's a lot of good things that I like about the way it was. Oh, duh, you met me. Oh, wait, that's not I said you good things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just being a dick. Fuck Look, you, PJ. <laughs> my day's complete. And ladies and gentlemen, that was the Bar Star Podcast. Fuck Steve. <laughs> High five in the microphone. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, really, there was a lot of things I liked better about the industry back then. I mean, you know, we'd go play a bar. We'd challenge them for the door. Mm. We'd pay the openers. We made good money. Oh, yeah. As an original band. As an original band. FYI. And then all of a sudden, when the internet really started popping and everybody started getting downloads and this, that, and the other, I think a lot of that disappeared. Oh, it did. I have a documentary. A couple of my friends here have watched it. Um, I'm the same way. Nothing's changed. I try not to let anything leave my house in fear of never getting it back. But it's called Before the Music Dies. There's a documentary done in like 2008, 2006. It was about when they started figuring out Napster and all that shit and how it was going to impact the industry. And everybody in this documentary is either somebody big in the industry or a top dog musician. Alice Cooper's in it, Dave Matthews and all these people. But the line in it that made me really go, 
holy shit, I remember the time period. There was a guy that used to be the VP of Capitol Records. You know this story. I do. His words, not mine. He ran down to his the president's office in L.A., Capitol Records, in the big round building. Said, you need to come to my office right now. Went to his office, sat him at his computer. He said, type in a song. He typed in a song and it popped up immediately. It was on Napster. He said, the president turned around and looked up at him and they both looked at each other at the same time and said, we're fucked. It's been going down ever since. I say it every episode, or at least most of my episodes. Technology is the greatest, worst thing ever invented. It ruined a lot of shit. It's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Technology, if it wasn't the way it was, we wouldn't be. I wouldn't be able to post this podcast. But what I'm getting at is, it's just like you, you'd have to see his pictures, and he colors with crayons, ladies and gentlemen. He's so damn good. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't help it. That was good. It fucking comes out. I like that. I use colored pencils. I don't use crayons. He uses watercolors and finger paints. <laughs> I love you, fucker. Oh, that was good. I got tears again. <laughs> Damn it. I'm not crying or something in my eye. Yeah, your finger, motherfucker. Uh, the metal. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. What I mean, I find it interesting that it's just like almost anything else I ever invented. Alcohol, tobacco, coffee for me, especially coffee for me, soda, food, anything. Humans will abuse any fucking thing you give them. Oh, absolutely. That's why I say it's the, the greatest, worst thing ever invented. It is so fucking amazing the things you can do with it. I'm ge- I've am i been geeking out for a week. I got a new phone. I got the, the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. I've had the same smartphone for five years. This is only my third smartphone. All my all my buddies pick on me. They're like, dude, how do you keep a phone that long? I'm like, I just uh, there's no reason to upgrade every fucking year because the newest, greatest thing comes out. I don't need to do that. But when I do get the newest, greatest thing, I'm like a fucking... I'm showing people, look what my phone can do. I'm that guy. Nobody else gives a shit. This fucking thing doesn't work. I'm like, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Calm down. It fucking works. But you you see what I mean? I, I, I get it 100%. But now, on the other side of the coin, I don't know how you have all this technology being so much older than me than you are. <laughs> I'm older than Steve. And you just snorted. Yes, I know. You crack yourself up, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> because you got this great phone, and I'm with a iPhone 5C. I don't know what that means. Uh, they have the iPhone 10 coming. Oh, you're older than I am. Yes, I am. Both literally and figuratively. <sighs> Look, Steve, you dropped this on the floor near the podcast. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Shit. Have two. You know what? I, I, I got to say this on the show because it's funny because you even laughed at it. You walked in the house today. I was like, I don't remember you being shorter than me. <laughs> Look, see how he does it? It's like getting kicked in the shins by your girlfriend's kids. Well, what did you learn today from Marvin Maxwell? Because you met him today. What did he say? When a man's down, you kick him. See? I understand. <laughs> By the way, Marvin, uh, if you would like to go ahead and unplug Steve's coffee pot and just take it where he can't make the coffee. That's all I'm asking you to do. Hold the coffee container for about mm, 15 minutes. 
Let him run around, geek out for a little bit. He'll be tweaking. <laughs> That's cruel and unusual punishment, my friend. And you expect less? No, I was just pointing out the obvious. Oh, okay, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you ca- take your pills, PJ. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the uh, pill reminder. Pill reminder. Let me let, let me check it. <laughs> what pill is it this time? Oh, look, it's the F U Steve pill. All right, got it. <laughs> He's just checking to see where I'm at. Who? Your boyfriend? Con- yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend Conley. You're just jealous because he had prettier hair than you. Motherfucker, everybody had prettier hair than me. Why do you think I'm bald now? It's not a secret why I shaved my head. Garbage hair. You know where I get it from? My mother, who you have met. And she's got garbage hair. <laughs> for, for the record, Miss Rudy Pooh, I mean, uh, Mrs. O. Rudy, I had nothing to do with that statement. Not one thing. She will never listen to this because she ain't going to figure out how to do it. <laughs> so, anyway, so we, we got to do some cool shit and we run tunes, uh, revamped some tunes. Uh, and then we started playing shows, and we played with a bunch of different bands. One of my favorites was when we played with uh, Lunatic Candy Creep. You remember them? Oh, man, those were so, Pat and those guys were so cool. Oh my God, they were awesome. We played Tremont Music Hall. Uh, yeah, Penny which, used to take care of us there. Yeah, too. I, which I just read of about a year ago. It's gone now, right? Yeah, right down to tore it down to the ground and sold the bricks off, brother, <sighs> and sold them all. Well, there was a you you do not know this obviously because you're not from here. There was a legendary venue here called Phoenix Hill, uh, and when they tore that down, they sold everything out of it, including the bricks. There's probably 400 musicians in town that all have a brick or 12 from Phoenix Hill, which is kind of cool. It's it's pretty cool. And the actual bar, the biggest bar, the physical biggest bar that was in there, is actually in a bar about 45 minutes south of here. They they kept it as it was and put it in a bar about forty five minutes south. That's here cool. In a little town called uh, Elizabeth Town. It's pretty cool. But anyway, Lunatic Candy Creep. I remember. I will never forget that show. It was one of my first shows with you guys, and it was we opened for them in the National Room at and Tremont. The, yep, at the big room in Tremont, and the place was fucking packed. And I don't know what song it was. Doesn't matter. But I remember we rehearsed our asses off and we were tight. And I remember we started the first song, and I'll never forget Monkey Arms. I mean, Greg. I only call him that because he played his bass at his knees. I love Absolutely. you, Greg. Uh, Greg, oh my God, you're too loud, Herndon. Uh, but I remember he turned his around. His amp goes to 11 and a half. His amp goes to 1100. Yeah, that's true. Phenomenal bass player. And I'm not saying that because you're sitting here. People that know me personally know that I've spoken highly of Greg over the Compare years. Compare him to anybody that I ever played with. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking monster, but goddamn, he's loud. <laughs> but he turned he turned around on that first song, and I re- never forget the look on his face. Slow the fuck down! I don't know if you remember that or not. I'll never forget that. It was Give Me What I Want, then. I don't remember what song it was. Couldn't tell you. It probably was. And I'll never forget that because the room was packed, and I was so fucking jacked up. Slow the fuck. It was so funny. He, ask him. He'll remember. Oh, I'm sure he will. He, he'll remember. He'll go, 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 I told that motherfucker to slow down. Mm. You, you know, Greg. Talk uh-huh. so, Greg talks so fast, people. <laughs> Greg talks real fast. Especially when he gets upset. Greg gets mad. He talks real fast and then he grits his teeth. <laughs> hey, I hope his kids don't hear this. <laughs> kids, when he talks fast, run. 
Oh, if if Greg's clenching his jaw, it's it's over with. Yeah, his patience is done. Yeah, for for serious, for serious, for true. So, but we, it's funny that looking back on it, when you think how short our run was, and I our meaning when I was in the band with you, I mean you had it for probably seven years or whatever, but our run was short. It wasn't long, but we accomplished a lot of shit. That EP came out great. Uh, we had a great following. People cared about original music, original heavy music, which yeah. is a fucking anomaly in itself. And then you got preachy. <laughs> <laughs> Fat city, anybody? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> fucking show sucked. <laughs> With scrap. And I forget the other bank. I just, I can never Fungus remember. Among Us. Yes. How can you forget Scrap, though? That's such a good name. I'm sorry. It's a great name. Scrap. Hi, we're Scrap. <laughs> Wasn't that more like how we're suck? I, <laughs> you said it, not me. I can't say anybody sucks. The show that we played sucked. Oh, sure. we, we were fucking god awful. Yeah, we were terrible. And I think it had a lot to do with the, well... You, you real musicians know anytime that record button's hit that you suck. And uh, we were videoing for trying to... I had this great idea that we would record us live and start sending it along with the CD. Yeah, that was not something we did. We threw that son of a bitch away. Bad idea, kid. Bad idea. I want you to look to your left. Look down. See all those videotapes in the bottom of that shelf? Ooh. It's over there. Don't worry. Nobody's ever seen it. Well, Stacy's seen it. Nobody's ever seen it. And I can't show it to you because I don't have a VCR. It's all right. I have one copy. You have it too? You gave me a copy, but here's what screwed up. My copy set in the heat. So I'm playing the copy for Mel one time, which is my wife. Love you, honey. Uh, Never met you, but I think you're awesome. Only because you put up with PJ. <laughs> <laughs> Working on her sainthood, we've sent in the papers. Uh, we're playing it, and all of a sudden it goes, bam, and it flips to the old warehouse with John and Jim and a whole bunch of other people. No shit. Yeah, I, I was like, that shouldn't be on this tape. That's weird. Where the hell did this come from? That's weird. Oh, it tripped me out, dude. I, I I backed it up and played it again, and it did it again. I took so much out, put it back in the thing, and I put it. I, I now have it in like uh, one of those hideaway chests that right. you put blankets and stuff in. Yeah. yeah, I've got. It's full of videos. Well, that's all I have left, and none of them are the <laughs> videos either. <laughs> no, you got all that shit on your phone now. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Pornhub. We love you. Edit. <laughs> one, of my, one of my friends told me the other day, he goes, dude, I can't wait till Pornhub 2 comes out because I'm already through Pornhub. And I went, wait, wh- what? How the hell can you be through Pornhub? Exactly. <laughs> Holy God. Anyway, there's probably, I don't know, maybe 15 videos over there and that's all I have left. But I watched that 15 video. 15 of the suckiest shows you have ever seen. One of those videos is actually pretty good. I don't know which one. It's not of us. <laughs> no, because I only have one of us. No, I have two of us. I have Rodeo's Rock Bar. Oh, oh. Hickory's Finest. Hickory's Finest. I do have Rodeo's Rock Bar. Uh, and that was filmed by Lindsay. Love you, girl. That's it. 
But the point I'm getting at is the Fat City show. Two things came out of that show. You being preachy and me never, ever, ever being shirtless on stage again. <laughs> Dude, I know why you had your shirt off, though, because the way that club was set up, the the kitchen was right behind the drums. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the heat coming out of there, oh my God. It's God awful. You and I were the only two that were shirtless, and I remember why I watched it. There's a reason why I took my shirt off, ladies and gentlemen. It was because I was fat. <laughs> well, you had to show off that big back tattoo. And it ain't a tramp stamp. It's a big old back tattoo. By the way, have you got that finished yet? Yeah, no, I didn't think so. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you can get on this. <laughs> I don't want to get on that. I did. I watched it, I don't know, a year or two later when I had lived in Columbia. After living in Columbia for a while. And I watched it and I went, yeah, I'll never be on shirt. Or on stage shirtless ever, ever again. I have not, and I won't. That's just brutal. Nobody wants to see m- man boobs jiggle. That's gross. Well, when you do it that way, it's hot. But when you're playing yeah, drums, I know it's hot. When you're playing drums, it's it, it's gross, dude. I don't. I don't look. <laughs> I, I, I I can make up any lie you want me to because it's your show. We'll do it your way, motherfucker. I just threw myself under the bus for being chubby and having man boobs. Y'all, he's not chubby. I'm chubby. But anyway. Uh, no, no, really, dude. Drummers, I don't even know how they wear fucking clothes. I ain't lying to you. It is so hot up there. It's and you guys that do it, you know, for a living, part-time, whatever, you guys know. Those lights do not forgive. Mm-mm. And, God, half the time you can bring a fan and you don't have a place to plug it in because they don't have the power set. I mean, it, it really sometimes sucks to play in a band. Sometimes. <laughs> Look, I, I'm trying to be nice, man. You know what? Oh, this coming from the motherfucker that shows up five minutes before we have to play and he leaves a minute after we're done. Hey, fuck you. That's a singer I'm thing. a singer. Exactly. I don't load in and load out, baby. My vocals carry me everywhere I need to go. I'm at the bar <laughs> talking to the chicks. That's what was wrong. That's why we never did anything. Seriously, that's it. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, there's way more to it than that, but it, I, I will have, to, I do have to say, and I will say, that you used to help me carry my gear. Don't lie to these people. I didn't help nobody carry shit. Okay. Yeah, right. I, actually, I did. I helped you and Greg and Daniel or John or whoever. Yeah, I, it, you were th- pretty good about that. Now you were shitty about showing up on time. You were fucking horrible at that. Not as shitty as Daniel. Nobody was as shitty as Daniel. We had to tell the guitar player to be at the show 30 minutes early, and he would still be late when he showed up. We, there was a few shows we backed it up an hour. <laughs> okay, we play at 8, sound checks at 7, we need to be there at 6. Tell Daniel 4.30. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was brutal. So, fast forward to the end of the band. Um, you and Greg started at each other's throats all the time. Then we had the, the internal fighting and we just stopped getting along and then I moved to Columbia. That's the version I, I remember. Well, I, th- I think a lot of the internal stuff with me and Greg was, Greg was tired of babysitting me. I can see that. I can see that. With, with, uh, with my second wife, Greg had heard me whine and cry and bitch for like a year and a half. And one day Greg looked at me and said, 
if you're done with her, fucking be done with her. <laughs> and I, I, you got to clench your jaw when you say that to me. <laughs> if you're done with her, be fucking done. And, and he, you know, he was right. Right. I, I mean, she and I were just poison for each other. Well, I, and I remember that in, in there's, like you and I were talking about at lunch today, there's, there's certain things outside of, and I know this sounds stupid, but you know what I mean. There's certain things outside of the big things that happen that I don't remember. Like us always hanging out once a month for pay-per-views and shit like oh, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember that stuff. I don't remember the details of why or how, why, how, or when it started. But I just remember you and Greg getting at each other's throats all the time. And then you started showing up later and later and later. And then the, the rest of us started getting on each other's nerves. And before I knew it, I, I said, I'm out. I'm, I moved to Columbia. And I think the night you said you were moving out was the night I said, well, I'm done. I think so, if I remember, if I remember correctly. I, I think the issue wasn't necessarily me and Greg were at our throats. Hell, both of Greg's girls' initials are PJ, if you didn't know that. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. So Greg has always been my bestie. Right. Oh, my God, you're so gay. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I love you, Greg. Hey, but, girl. But, you know, he's carried my fucking ass. And he looked after me, and he had to babysit me. He had to chauffeur me around. I'm sure he was fucking tired of it, dude. Probably. He he needed a break, and he, he literally quit playing. That I knew that, too. I, I knew that, too. And then I when... conned him into the KMF thing. Right, which was years later. Two or three? Year and a half, two years, yeah. Okay, then my, well... My time, I know my timeline memory sucks. Because I remember I moved... I think it was late 2003. Or <clears throat> 2002. 2002. Well, I remember I was in Columbia... 2002. I have to do that, too. Uh, he just looked at his tattoos. I have to do the same thing. Uh, hey, Dalton. Your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I moved to Columbia. Then I got the offer to move to Atlanta, and I moved to Atlanta. And then from Atlanta, I came here. But somewhere between the end of Columbia and the beginning of Atlanta is when you and Greg started playing together again. That's kind of how I remember it. Well, what it was was, I think a lot of it was, you know, besides him carrying me, I was hearing different stuff. Right. Stuff that we weren't going to do. Right. I remember calling his answer machine and saying something to him. He called me and goes, that sounds like goddamn Lionel Richie. <laughs> I'm like, what? He said, what the hell is that shit? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, sounds like goddamn Lionel Richie. We're not going to play that. And I, and, I, and I really thought it was good. You know. But 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 that's the kind of shit that I ended up doing in my head. Right. You know. I went from having the same... To having some swagger in it. And, and you know, a little R&B shift or swim. And I don't think he knew what to do. Greg no likey. Oh, I think, I think, all right, I'll tell y'all this, and this is the truth. Greg joined the band because I could sing, and Greg thought he could get me to sound like Phil and Selma. I never got to wear Phil's underwear, but I, I damn sure gave it a shot. Now, you're a hell of a singer, but you're not Phil and Selma. He's got a distinct voice. Yeah. I listened to him on a podcast once, and about halfway through, I stopped, and I started having a conversation with myself going... That is not that real. That that no. 
He doesn't really fucking talk like that. He does. <laughs> yeah, he He's does. got a wacky voice. Um, but no, dude, you, you, you're a hell of a singer. Stop selling yourself short. So that's the, uh, that's the very squirreled history of Warmouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for the record, edit, 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 edit. edit. Okay. That was seriously fucked up. For the love of God, edit it. It will start over on me. Good this time. Steve. Okay. Oh, damn, dude. You need to go into theater. That's good. Oh, really? Bravo. Good, sir. Bravo. Uh, uh, Lipapro, ladies and gentlemen. Lipapro. Arrest all your problems, your pain, your anger, your frustration. Take Lipapro. And the world's a fucking great place. All right. <laughs> Wow. Uh, we might need to do a little crunchy, crunchy edit on that. We'll crunch that one. All right. So let's move on to social media issues. Yeah, this is the cello one, Jackass. This is the one you're waiting on me to do the Carl, right? I want to see you do the Carlton to the social media issues music because it's really cool. No. <laughs> Damn it. All right, fine. All right, so what do you got for me? What do you got for social media issues? Social media issues. Well, the biggest thing that I know of on social media in the past few weeks since... Uh, Is you're not on it. Why? Well, hell, hell no. <laughs> to be totally honest with everybody here, I, I, I'm not on Facebook. It's, it's really not my thing and it's a personal choice I, I don't really want to deal with other people's politics and True maybe that. it's my personality or when you flip the switch and I was the singer I really don't care <laughs> I, mean, I mean there's no way for me to sugarcoat it dude you know that's not how I am no I know that I, think about it how long did I ever keep a cell phone I get a cell phone throw it fucking away I didn't care no you were kind of hard to get a hold of sometimes Oh, the mystery. Motherfucker, that ain't no mystery. You forget where you put that shit. <laughs> Leave it on the bar. Somebody walks off with it. Yeah, yeah, that was it. No, uh, the biggest thing media-wise that's bothered me here lately was the passing of VP. Yes. yes. I, I know that wasn't in your list of influences because, hey, I've heard the podcast once or twice. Yeah, you have heard the podcast once or twice. And he, that show I did about the list of influences, I was not being sarcastic, cute, or shy, or anything when I said the list is too long. My list of influences is really too fucking long. There's a lot of drummers that have influenced me. Tim Lyle? Mm hmm. Tim Lyle was one. Uh, but Get him groove, Daddy. I put your name in there twice today. <laughs> Yeah, and I also heard, Tim, that you don't play anymore. You need to fucking fix that. Anyway, uh, yes, when Vinnie Paul passed, that that blew. Yeah. Hardcore. Um, and in fact, I went back, like most of us do, or I'm assuming most of us do, or did. Uh, I went back and listened to Vulgar Display of Power. I didn't go back to Cowboys from Hell. I didn't go back to Reinventing Steel. I didn't go back to any of that. Vulgar Display of Power because that was the first Pantera record I heard. That's why I went to that record. I don't think it's the best. I don't think it's the worst. That's the first one I heard. And I remember when I heard that record, what the fuck is this? And you guys are the ones that turned me on to that record. 
You guys are also the ones that turned me on to Stuck Mojo. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a damn shame about Bones. What do you mean about Bones? He's a uh, junkie. I, I, I had heard that, but that's all right. Look at Rich Ward. Rich Ward's kicking ass in Fozzie. Hey, I, I, and you know what? Love Rich. Love the guys. I, I, Louie and Ronnie from Black Acid Disco really hooked me up getting to meet a lot of people. And that, right. that was the biggest thing about being in the Charlotte scene when we were down in that scene. Mm-hmm. We actually got to play with a lot of guys that actually did something bigger. Mm-hmm. If you guys haven't heard Black Acid Disco, do yourself a favor. Check them out. They are a good man. And a lot of people don't know this. Uh, Firehouse was from Charlotte. They were a band yeah. called White Heat. And I remember hanging out with White Heat when I was 15, 16 years old. The first time I lived in the gas house, as I call it. Uh, McDonald's on the Hill in Dallas? Because that was their hangout. (laughs) No, I met them through a band called Stone Blue. Uh, Scott Underwood. Mm -hmm. A.K.A. Mm -hmm. Drummer for Pigfish. Dirt Mm -hmm. Track Daredevil. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Scott... Liars and Saints. Was it Liars? Kings and Liars. Kings Kings and Liars. liars. I think Scott replaced a guy named Ronnie who was Stone Blue's first drummer. And I don't remember Ronnie's last name. I just remember Ronnie was tolerant of me, borderline asshole. But I remember he had a... And I'm sure I was not a pleasant kid to be around. I was 15, 16, homeless. I was kind of a fucking pain in the ass. So it's not a slam on him. I'm surprised he didn't fucking kill me. But I do remember he had a giant white rig. Two kick drums, four racks, two floors, whatever. Just fucking massive shit. And he was trying to play Firehouse. Or uh, it was it became Firehouse uh, Lover's Lane. It's got the double kick shuffle in it. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they had just gotten signed. And they were their stuff was starting to be transferred from White Heat to Firehouse. And he introduced me to all the guys. And I'm going, how the fuck am I hanging out with all these people? This is awesome. No, it's not. I'm a weirdo fucking kid. These people don't want to hang out with me. Knowing what I know now as an adult, I should have metaphorically shoved my head up their asses. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but whatever. It is what it is. But yes, the there was a for a few, probably a good 10 years, mid-90s, well, probably late 80s to the mid-90s, in Gastonia, Charlotte, that whole Mint Hill, that whole area... There's a lot of shit going on down south. Even in Columbia, South Carolina, that's where Hootie came from. That's why oh, yeah. we were being looked at when we were in S-Tribe. Hootie came out of there. Edwin McCain came out of there. So all eyes were on Columbia. Dude, I, I, I was where, down in Columbia for the place I worked for. Right. And uh, setting up a warehouse. And I stayed the night. Went to the Holiday Inn. And I come out and I'm looking. And there's everybody at this bar down the street. I look at the marquee. I'd never heard of them. Hootie and something. I was like, oh, okay. I'll check them out. Uh-huh. Two weeks later, they were on MTV. I'm like, holy crap. Yep. Yeah. And th- th- dude, they were actually very, very good. I oh, wish dude, I could say were... something bad, but I can't. I think Darius can sing. I, I, their whole package, is... they were so tight right then. That, they were smart. They were extremely smart, and I'll tell you how smart they were. I, because I lived there at the time. Darius had built that band. Obviously, they all did it together, but the majority of the vision was his. But he had built that band so smartly, he had turned down five or six record deals before he picked the one he picked because they were coming to him, offering him this, and he would look at him and go, I'm making more money selling records out of the back of my car at the elbow room than I am by signing your shitty deal. Go away. Obviously, I'm sure he did it way more nice than that and more political than that as far as 
political in the music terms. But that was basically the gist. He was like, you can't offer me anything. I'm killing it right now. My band is killing it. We own this fucking town. You're going to have to come out with something better. And he finally took the... I don't remember who they got signed with, but then they got signed and they were everywhere. Good for him. He said his goal was to buy his mother a house in Charleston. He's bought his mother two houses in Charleston. (laughs) Darius. (laughs) If mama's tired of one of those houses, PJ is not scared to make that trip. Matter of fact, if if you would just let me have the garden house beside it, I'm okay. <laughs> no, but there was there was a time in 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 that whole ten. It might have even been a fifteen year window. There was a lot of shit going on oh, down yeah. south, because I remember, um, and I just told you a lie. It's actually Seven Dust, not Stuck Mojo. I knew Stuck Mojo. You guys turned me on to Seven Dust. But that the reason that's all still important is because when I lived in Colombia, I was. That's a true story. Lejean, my man. Love you, brother. I love me some Lejean. I, uh, this is a true story. I've never told this on the show. I was set up on a blind date with a girl who wanted me to go see her brother's band. Her brother is Rich Ward from Stuck Mojo. So I'm going, these guys are fucking awesome. And he and she introduces me to Rich and she walks away for a second and Rich looks at me. And for those of you that don't know, Rich is a large man. He's not small. His arms are... Oh, yeah, his arms are fucking huge. Well, I mean, he might be 6'1", six, 6'2", six, six, but I mean, just as far as size. Look at his arms. He's a big motherfucker. So he looks down at me, and he's got a super deep voice, and he goes, You know my sister's crazy, right? And I went, Well, she's a chick. No, she's really crazy. Institutionalized crazy. No, dude, I didn't know that. And he was like, Yeah, don't talk to her anymore. Yes, sir, Rich Ward. I left the bar. <laughs> Holy shit. Left her there, yeah. It was a bar called Rockefellers. God bless rocks. I love rocks. Oh, God. I've been there. Yeah. I've I've played there. Amazing place. A lot of bands have gone through the very historical You know who I saw at that bar? It's a subway now. Get the fuck out of here. They didn't tear the building down. They just remodeled it. It's a subway. Kara, who did you see? I saw... uh, Who were your boys? Uh, I had a lot of boys at the time. No, 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 no. The boys from South Carolina. They got signed. Oh, Crossfade. I saw them there. Were they Sugar Daddy Superstar or were they Crossfade? They were actually Sugar Daddy Superstar at the mm-hmm. time. And here's what's funny. I, I was dating a girl that was from Columbia. I'm, oh, yeah. Tank. And uh, she introduces me to the band. Well, I'm sitting in the you know, the booth that was in the corner. Yep. We're all sitting there bullshitting and I'm talking to them and I was pumping the band. 100 mile an hour. <laughs> and uh, they were like, uh, well, when do you guys think you can get down here? I said, I don't know, dude. Take a CD, a name and numbers there. Right. Just give me a call. Where do you think my cell phone was when I went home? <laughs> Sitting in Columbia. <laughs> I got I, I to gotta tell a tank story. Sorry, mail in advance, whatever it is. I didn't do. Uh, has nothing to do with you, actually. Most excellent. <laughs> We had we had some more mouth merch, and our logo was not the most legible logo on the planet. And we had the, the girls' tank tops. And when Tank wore the Warmouth tank top, it didn't say Warmouth. It said Warmouth. Because her titties were bigger <laughs> than her whole body. 
I'm surprised that bitch didn't fall over. It was so funny. Here's the reason why it's funny. Because every time she would come over... <laughs> she was hammered. She was hammered. hammered. <laughs> We'd push her to see if she would fall. You remember that? <laughs> Man, I was trying to forget that. Don't say Like, that. she won't fall over. <laughs> God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. I'll be getting fuck yous from the grave there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. What about, what about the time... Uh, Shannon came up with the Grip Sportwear shirts and we're playing Treedmont. It might have been when we played with Lunatic Candy Creek. Grip Inc. I remember them. Do you remember Gigi in the fishnet shirt selling? She just had electrical tape on the nipples. Yeah. Do you remember how many shirts we sold that day? All of them. <laughs> and then some of Lunatic Candy Creek shirts. <laughs> Man, we were selling shirts left and right. Everybody, like, everybody in the whole club like, oh. I, 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 I had that. Yeah, you know what she does now? What? She's a school teacher. Are you fucking serious? Hell no. She is a school teacher. Damn. And that was another Conley conquest. Sugar Ray, ladies and gentlemen. Donkey punch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother. I have... We totally squirreled off social media issues. So basically what you're saying is your issue with social media is it's an issue. Pretty much. All right, cool. You want to move on? Whenever you're ready. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. All right, so let's move on to stories from the stage. All right, stories from the stage. I got a feeling you're going to throw me into the bus, so. (laughs) Be warned, fucker. You throw me into the bus, you're getting a receipt. Oh, well, which bus would you like to go under first? The short one. <laughs> the short one? Okay. We're loading up for a show from oh his dad and his brother's warehouse. Oh, I forgot about this. You told me about this. I, I was, you know, being a total ass because I always coached Rudy and everybody else on. Just, you know, total dick singer. Uh, Coaxed? No, you were a fucking douchebag. <laughs> I mean, I love you, but goddamn, you were a douchebag. Anyway, Karen. Certifiable. Oh, A plus member. <laughs> anyway, Karen, sorry. So, uh, you know, I got Greg being cute in the Bronco because we're loading up the stuff and mm-hmm. Greg gets the doors closed. Well, hell, I go upstairs, grab my mic, put it in the car, and I nail the car backwards and spin it around and park it. Steve gets in his truck after he's loaded his drums and he nails the car. There's one telephone pole in the whole fucking parking lot. In the middle. In the the middle of the parking lot. A good 15 car lengths from where I'm parked. (laughs) He nails it and he just slams the shit. Fucks his neck up. Tears the bumper up. Has the bed on the truck jacked up. The tailgate screwed up. My drums are fine, though. (laughs) I was like, boy, this show is going to (laughs) suck. That's the one that the people were standing outside and poking their head and going, these guys suck, isn't it? It, Yeah, because they saw us rolling up and Greg's Bronco wasn't that pretty. And then I had a pickup truck with a fucked up bed and the camper shell was barely on and my drums hanging out because I just wrecked it. (laughs) Out of our practice space. 
But I didn't cry about it. I owned it. Went down and we played a show. I don't remember he, the show. He, he he cried about it when he got home. Oh, you're damn right I did. Did did we stay at Oh my fuck whatever the rest of that question is, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking we stayed the night in Columbia. Above the garage. We did. You're right. That was when I drove the Mustang, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Good job, dude. You, you know what Mustang had playing in it? Pantera 101 proof all the way there. <laughs> Which, when VP died, that's that's what I went to because that was the only CD I still had. Right. I didn't want to do download. And I got it and it had the shh fuzz in the background from where it had been played a gazillion times. Yeah, that was good. Nice. The only other story from the stage I got is uh, the time we played that show at Paradiddles and you had your hat on backwards and we all got fried and then had to go to Columbia and play that night. Well, if you remember, the stage cover was so low that there was a circle in my back from the lights. You remember that? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Dude. There was a drum shop in Gastonia called Paradiddle, which the irony of that for my drummer geeks is I didn't even know what a Paradiddle was at that time. So there's there's your laugh. Go ahead and laugh. I'll wait. <laughs> Bar star sound effects. But the stage set up, it was, it was actually a pretty cool show. It, it, oh, really, yeah. it went off pretty well. We played well. And the crowd was pretty cool. It was one of the three times in my almost 30 years of playing music that my mother has seen me, FYI. But the stage, they put a tarp over the stage and it was so low and that they didn't even, I, I think I have a picture of it somewhere, uh, an actual physical hard picture, but the drum riser was maybe a foot tall. So it's not like the drum riser was really high, but the stage was, the top of the stage was so low the circle on my back I'm talking about, the stage light, literally, there's two, burned my back. Burned a circle in it. It was so fucked up. And yeah, that's when my fat ass, I didn't have a shirt on that show either. Should have wore a shirt at that one. Yep, yeah, and that was the day we played two shows. Yep. Oh my God, I was so burnt. <laughs> we done some fucked up shit. Here's my throw you under the bus. Oh, here we go. Fat City, the show we were talking about earlier with Scrap and Fungus Among Us. That's a good name too, though, Fungus Among Us. That was a name my grandfather gave me for a band name one time, too. That's a good name. There were some good names back then. There were some good hooky names. Kudzu Gunja. Oh, love them. Fun at the Zoo. Yep. Some good... I remember all those names. What about Business and Industry? You remember them? Yep. I don't remember the band, but I remember the name. And then there was my favorite, Pig Fucker. Oh, uh, don't don't forget Meat Rocket. Uh, yep, I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, fat Tortoise Butcher. It, yep, I remember that. And of course, Pigfish. Uh, what was the one? I just like Pigfish demo was called Hooked. That <laughs> <laughs> was fucking great. It's great. <laughs> anyway, Fat City. Oh, wait a minute, Buster Rogue. Oh yeah, there was Buster Rogue. Scott, Frank, Tom. Tim Lyle, Groove Daddy. He was a fucking Groove Daddy. And played in those goddamn construction boots. Never understood how he did that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, 
that show we were at Fat City, and you were it was kind of at the tail end of everything when you were going through your own personal drama. And you be- me and drama, no, no, not, and because not a singer, because you had red light syndrome, you decided to get preachy, and that was the night that Greg <laughs> turned around and said, "Pastor PJ, shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> you would start talking, and you kept talking, and you kept talking, and Greg and I were just looking at, it, and we would just start songs. While you were talking, and you turn around and go, "What the fuck?" We're like, "Dude, shut up!" Fucking play. Yeah, <laughs> you remember that? I did. So, to wrap up stories from the stage, so so it doesn't come to blows, because I run really fast when I'm scared. You ain't got shoes on. I run. You know faster. what? I'll, I'll make I'll make it fair. I'll go barefoot. <laughs> but when I catch you. <laughs> On my list of people I don't want to fight, you're on it. Um. <laughs> it's a small list. It is. I ain't scared of much, but I'm scared of you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I apparently can't drive when I'm in a hurry and try to be cool. Stage lights will burn you. And a singer was a dickhead. Imagine that. <laughs> well, that wraps up this session. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> So let's move on to what are you listening to? Dude, I've been waiting for this the entire thing. Because I am... PJ, stop talking. Oh, fuck. We gotta play music. Alright, so before I so not rudely interrupt my show, my rule, my music... Uh, you said you've been looking forward to this part. Do tell, PJ. Do tell. Well, <laughs> what am I listening to? To be totally honest, I don't really like, you know, do mainstream stuff. I'm always, you know, the vein we were in, I was always left field. I mean, I got turned on to stuff like American Head Charge. Check them out if you hadn't heard them. Mm-hmm. Badass. Uh, Mudbane, all that stuff before they were popular. In This Moment has released a song with Rob Halford. If you have not no heard shit. it, do that. It's called Black Wedding. This guy, I checked his age. Rob Halford's like 66 years old. This guy oh, yeah. is He's smoking still it. it. Still got it. My wife is is not that kind of music fan. She is not a fan. Of Judas Priest or In This Moment or any of that shit? No. Oh, gotcha. That, just not her thing, right? She likes heavy stuff, but... In she this, doesn't like the kind of the Judas Priesty, Iron Maiden-y kind of... There you go. I hate to say singy singers, but those guys that could belt Dio, shit like that, she doesn't like any of that stuff? Not really. Gotcha. Especially like the Dio Sabbath stuff. That was not... My wife's more like Almond Brothers, Warren Haynes. Gotcha. The Dead. I'm Okay, so, so I, I really... Since we played together, I really got a good me- music education. I have... My mind's expanded a lot. <laughs> It, it happens, brother. Tori Amos changed my life. I've said it on this show. I've said it to anybody that'll listen. She changed my fucking musical life for sure. Anyway, carry on. Okay, so I'm like uh, on the way to work and, you know, I drive about an hour, 15, hour and 30 minutes depending on traffic. Right. And station down there played this song called Black Wedding. I'm listening to it and it's like, this is the new In This Moment song. And about that time, gets ready to start going into the third line of the song and I hear Rob Halford start singing. 
And her first line is, priest, priest, hear my call. And I was like, what? What? Wait a minute, you have my attention. <laughs> what? And, and then, you know, it's like, I would have loved you for a thousand years, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's a nice night for a black wedding. Dun, 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 dun. Dude, I'm telling you, right, if I'll y'all haven't it. heard it, definitely check it out. And then, like, live shows. Since I knew I was coming up here, I have been to two concerts, which is, you know, a little different for me because I don't usually leave the house. That's true. You are a hermity. I very much am. Uh, those that don't know me, uh, I'm hermity because I will not go out and drink and drive. I'm totally against that. That's not true. Shut You're the fuck up. You're hermity because nobody likes you. No, that's yeah, not that's true. That's probably either. true. That's not true. <laughs> You're hermity because when you go out and drink, you go into God mode. It flips the switch. You get into trouble. I do. Actually, jokes aside, as long as I've known you, going on 20 years, you have always been against drinking and driving. I'm totally just throwing you under the bus just because it's fun. But jokes aside, that I do know about you. That You're not lying about that. Uh, the but- other shit's also true. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You thought I was being nice there, didn't you? See how he does? He treats me like fucking dirt. You started. I drove six hours to be here to be treated like shit. Imagine that. You started it 20 years ago. Ooh, kind of quiet. No, no, not quiet. (laughs) I will laugh the smack up on some Rudy Poo assif. Don't make me spit in my hand and decide which one looks better to smack you with. All right. No. Uh... I actually was very fortunate. Uh, another band I'm really into is King's X. Always have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. Major fan of Doug. Right. Uh, I can't say enough about the whole band as a whole, but you know Doug's in his side project KXM with George Lynch and uh, the drummer from Corn. Damn, what is his name? Ray Lugier. Took me. Thank you. It. You're welcome. It took. I had to think about it. I was like, wait, oh shit, what's his name? But I, you know. Scatterbrain, that record is actually better than the first one. Holy! I've heard. I, I I'm if not, you haven't listened to the whole record, you need to listen. That's what I was gonna say. I haven't heard the whole record, but I've heard enough of it to go. Oh yeah, I need to check the rest of that shit out. Just his writing, his tone, everything's great. Well, I was fortunate enough that they came to a new newer bar in the notice section, and it's called the church or the theater or something like that. It's an old movie theater, right? They were so good. Nice. And tickets for like 20 bucks. Does Music Steen and Charlotte still suck? Pick that as yes. Can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to, to be totally fair, I'm not in the scene right. personally, but basically everything I see is cover bands making money. Now, there's some good cover bands. Now, that's what we do up here. You know that's what I do. So I ain't, I ain't mad. Uh, <laughs> I play, you don't. I don't by choice. Touche. I play because I have mama no says choice. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I Mom. play. I play because I have no choice. I have to, or I become a miserable motherfucker. Stacy will contest to that. I, I went through that a lot. To be honest, you know, I'd go through the spells where I couldn't handle not playing anymore, and yep. then. This last time, I was really just like, mm, the captain's got to retire. <laughs> For those of y'all that don't know, I refer to myself as Captain Gastonia, which is 
N- not a positive thing. <laughs> now, sir? Now, sir? That's, that, that's right up there now, with uh, Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch. If you don't know who that is, look it up, children. You'll get the picture. And let me say, I have the attitude, do not have that size. All right. Uh, yeah, because that was a big mother. Yeah, he was. Uh, who was I, the second show? 30 seconds to Mars, man. You were telling me about that when you man, got Man, I, I cannot say enough. Jared Leto, brother, you put on one hell of a show. And your brother, probably one of the tightest drummers I have ever heard. Dude, he was playing with the... They had all these sub things going on. Right. Because it's really just a two-piece and then they have a guitar player. While the other instrumental stuff's going on, his brother's playing that stuff on the drums. He's got samples and samples and all kinds. And he's staying in time with it. And this was like, I think they only had like three or four shows left on the tour, and he was still tight with it. Nice. And and Jared sounded great. Uh, Actually, got the tickets for my wife because you know, well, all women like Jared Leto. I'll have to ask Stacy because I don't know. I don't know if she does or not. I don't know. I would say that she probably does. Well, I liked him in Fight Club. Was he in Fight Club? Yeah, he was. <laughs> See, didn't know that either. I liked him in Dallas Buyers Club. Haven't seen it? Watch it. I haven't seen it. I will watch it. Oh, yeah. You're going to love it. He's Rayan. Oh, really? Oh, it's great, dude. You, and I didn't recognize him at first. I'm watching it because it's a Matthew McConaughey thing. My wife's like, oh, you got to watch this. I'd so, yes, yeah. he can act, ladies and gentlemen. He can act. He can sing. He can sing. And I knew he could sing when he did my that TV show, My So-Called Life. He was Jordan Catalano on that show. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh. I'll, tr- I'll trust you. I'll trust you. He I, did, I have no he, clue. He, uh, he had a band on the show. He was like a teenager. And uh, they did Sedated. And Huh. Interesting. They had one of the female characters in there, Ray Ann, and she was going to sing the song. She got stage fright. None of us have ever done that. I'm trying to think if I've ever had stage fright where I didn't actually play. I've had I've walked on stage and freaked out at, at the sheer size of the crowd when I opened for Finger Eleven. That freaked me the fuck out. I, I mean, I ate it up. Don't get me wrong, oh, yeah. but there was that first initial one to two seconds when I walked up on that stage to walk around my drums. When I was in Heaven Hill, I used to walk on stage first always. It was just the order. Chuck was last. I was first, and I walked up the ramp. In the back steps on the in Fourth Street, which is the complex I was describing mm-hmm. to you earlier, huge takes up a bunch of blocks. Anyway, I could see nothing but a sea of heads, and I think the count, the official count of that show was somewhere between nine and eleven thousand. It's never been confirmed, but even at the lowest at nine thousand, I'm looking at nine thousand people going, "Holy fuck! I can't move my feet. Oh shit! What do I do?" And then of course I got my shit together. And sat down and we it's a great show but I don't know I will have to actually think about that and see if I can't come up with it to the end of the, by the end of the show then I'm going to say it's never happened but I've freaked out but I don't think I've ever had stage fright where I couldn't actually go up and play I know you have it story from the stage yes you have I couldn't remember the words really my own songs couldn't remember the words and you know who had to tell me the words Greg <laughs> I love you Greg <laughs> Yeah. God damn it, PJ. Learn your fucking lyrics. <laughs> Quit changing the damn words and you'll know the song. 
Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. I mean, dude, we, we were, I was so loose and so unprofessional. I really was. Especially come studio. No, I don't have nothing wrote down. I'll make it up as I go along. Yeah, and then the back problem to that is having to memorize or relearn what you laid the tape. That sucks sometimes. I can't imagine it for a singer. I've done it a, a few times because I've been called in to do shit, and then later I'll get the call to, quote, join the band or whatever. I'm like, oh, you know the tunes. No, I don't. You tracked them for us. I did. <laughs> it's one of those, fuck, will you send me the track so I can learn my, my shit? That's a weird thing to say. I need the track so I can learn my shit. It's bizarre. Anyway, sorry, Karen. But, uh, you know, that show was a really good time. There were like four bands, dude, and we actually only showed up for one. Happens. It happens. I think all of us have done that at least 15 times. <laughs> I've done it a bunch, dude. I'll go, yeah, I don't care about any of those bands, but I want to go to that show because I want to see that band. Yeah. I, when we went to... Um, just it was either the beginning of this year or the end of last year. Uh, Five Finger Death Punch and Shinedown was doing a co-headlining tour, and Stacy texted me. She screenshotted everything. She texted me, and I was like, "Meh, that's what I sent her back." I've taken her to see Shinedown three times. She's probably seen Shinedown three more times on her own. Love Shinedown. They put on a great show. I'm just I don't want to see him anymore. I'm not interested. And as I, I sent it back, and I said, "Meh." So she sends me a bigger screenshot where she blew up the special guest bands and it was 6 a.m. I didn't even text her back. I was just like, I got to order tickets for that. I want tickets for that show because I want to see 6 a.m. <laughs> I would have paid to see that. Phenomenal. I mean, the whole show was great. Shinedown was great. Uh, we left at Five Finger Death Punch. Their production was phenomenal. Their stage show was phenomenal. I'm just not a fan of them. I, I don't dig them. I can't get into them. They, don't, they just don't do anything for me. A little jealousy. Uh, no, absolutely not. A little jealousy? Sound yeah. like a band you used to play with? Uh, they do have some of our qualities, yes. But it, it, it <laughs> yeah, has just better. <laughs> or, only way better. I, I, it has nothing to do with that. I just, I don't dig them. Heavy has to strike me. They, do. don't, they don't strike me. I love what they do as far as the direction they're going, the production of their shows. The production on their records is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I respect what they do and all that, but as a fan and a listener of their shit, I just it just doesn't do anything for me. Six AM, huge fan of Six AM. Dude, I, I love them. Huge I fan do. of Six AM. So I got to see them and that they were amazing. So fucking good. Oh, I don't know that a bit. Oh yeah, they were awesome. And like I said, the Shine Down and, and Five Finger, they were great too. Shine Down was really good. Um, I guess that's the fourth time I've seen them in the Yum Center. It's a Coliseum. Just picture any Coliseum. They're all the same on the inside, basically. There was a... Uh, Brent came out with a... Obviously a wireless, but he came to the backside of the arena and stood on this little platform and did one or two songs. And that was kind of cool because of where our seats were. We were right on the edge of where they come from the floor to the next tier up. And there was nobody in front of us, so we could see everything perfect. And he was probably 30 feet away from us. And I was, there, I was like, man, that's really cool. And my brain immediately goes fucking techie. And I'm going, I wonder what kind of wireless and what kind of energy he has. Because he's a long way away from the stage. <laughs> and then my second thought was I turned to Stacy and I went, wow, Brent's really short. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Sorry. I don't find that fucking amusing. I do since I figured out that you're shorter than me. <sighs> but I'm meaner. 
You're the one that went by Caston, Captain Gastonia. I would imagine you're meaner. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, outside of that, dude, my, my son's first show was Fuel. Really? First live show he ever got to see was Fuel. Nice. How was he? Uh, 11. Very cool. Very, very cool. And uh, poor fella. We uh, we stopped and got something to eat, and he his stomach was just tore slam up, and he was suffering. He was trooper through the whole thing. The Ugh. it was an outdoor venue, and I would run him over to the restaurant, take him into the bathroom, and run him back out. And Brett saw what was going on. He just waved, and said, "Everything okay?" And you know, I said, "He's just sick." <laughs> but man, he put on a great show, and they actually. That show had the guitar player from Shinedown playing with him. Nice. That sounded great. And then Mel and I saw him again late last year. And with the new singer and the new drummer and the only original member is the guitar player? No, 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 no. Oh. Still, still have Brett. And, uh, sorry. He sorry, was, he, not sorry. He, he was sick. And I mean, when I say sick, dude, you could tell he had a head cold. Sounded like death. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's he trying. No, no, he didn't sound bad. He sounded like he felt terrible. Oh, you could hear it when he talked. It was all scratchy, and he was drinking lemon and water between it. I could tell every trick he was pulling out. <laughs> and, uh, yep, done that one. He, he, Oy, I know that one good. <laughs> done that one a lot. <laughs> Did you try the old Hall's cough drop? Hold it like right in the corner of your mouth while you're singing, you know, and. and <laughs> I felt, Just don't choke on it. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. And, dude, they, they covered uh, a Grateful Dead song. No shit. And uh, they did a... It was either Government Mule or the Almond Brothers. They did one of those, too. Nice. And when they were doing them, they had the crowd singing a lot of those. You could tell towards the end of the set, he was oh, really yeah, having sure. to... And I was like, I get it. I've been there. I have played the show where... The first song, my voice went out, and I sang through the bullhorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to talk about that show. Nope. <sighs> well. Tell you like Lowell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get out of here, I, I asked you earlier if you wanted to play a warm mouth track on the show. Do you or do you not? You do not have to. I mean, obviously, I'm the one that's got to fucking edit it, not you. But would you like to throw a warm mouth tune out there for people that have never heard us? And if you don't, it ain't going to hurt my feelings. Don't give a shit. It's entirely up to Dude, you. Dude, put one out. Just put one out that goes by the only rule that we ever had that carried through every band you ever been in. Thou shalt not suck. That is the rule. Here's a tricky question that I want you to answer. Do I put my favorite warm mouth song on that I am not playing drums on? Or do I put something on that I've played drums on? Ooh! <laughs> well, let, let's let's be fair as fair can be. Okay. To me, it doesn't matter either way, mm-hmm. whatever you pick. But I want you to put up what is in your mind the best representation of the band. Whether that's the song that made you want to be in the band, reminds you of the band, or the song you played in that you thought you kicked the most ass in. I'm okay with it either way. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how PJ has always been able to manipulate me into doing whatever he wants. Com center units 1810 and 1812 respond 
82nd Main in reference to 1044, ride in progress, priority one response requested, emergency response requested. Bud unit 23 and on scene. Send all available units 1033, notify emergency response, have them stand by. That's it, kids. That's the show for the week. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what song that was because I haven't made up my mind yet. I bet it sucked. It probably did suck. I mean, you were singing on it, so of course it fucking sucked. Uh, if I had the knee surgery that was recorded then, yeah, it sucked. <laughs> that shit sucked real bad. So anyway, I'll uh, I'll figure out that song later. You guys can... 
message me or hate tweet me or send me nasty grams and let me know what you thought about it because I still don't know what song it's going to be. I'll put it in later when I do the edit. Oh, edit? What's that? Is that like the one, two I'm giving you now, edit? Could be the three, four I'm giving you back. Oh, well, at least we all got something to say. High five in a microphone. Brother, thank you very much for coming up and hanging out with me. No sweat, brother. I know you didn't come for the podcast, but when you when you texted me and said, hey, I'm going to come up and see you, I went, you know that you're going to be on the show, right? And you text me back about two hours later, I kind of figured. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to have you in my face after 17 years and not have you on the show. Well, I, I That would be a letdown to me. I don't give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would just be torture for me. Absolutely. Ah, it's okay. I'm used to it. Yeah, like I said, 14-year-old, three dogs, married. Yeah. I'm busy. Hermit. Pretty much. Busy hermit, but hermit. I do a lot of stuff at the house. That's what I mean. I showed you the back porch here and showed you all my pretty flowers. And you're like, yeah, it's cute, dude. My whole yard looks like that. And I went, oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't been here five minutes. Busting my balls already. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's what I do. It's what the fuck I do. Now, thanks for coming over. Um, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being friends with me this long. I, uh. Most people that are close to me know that I don't have a whole lot of, quote, past friendships. Uh, I tend not to stay in touch with people. It's a it's a, a character flaw I have. Um, I don't really have an excuse not the, for it. That's not the only flaw you have, but go ahead. Oh, no, I have shit tons of them. <laughs> uh, but that is one I have because it's it's one of those things where it's it's completely out of sight, out of mind. Because I've moved so much in my life. How long? The second time when we were together, which was the second time I lived in Gastonia, what was I there? Four years? I think so, yeah. And I was gone again. I was yeah, in but Jacksonville. you moved, what, three times in that four years? <laughs> Probably. I was in Jacksonville three, four years. I was in Columbia the first time four years. I, I, my whole life's been that way. That's why it's an anomaly that I've been here as long as I've had. I've been here 11 years. People and fans and listeners of the show know that, but I don't know if you realize that. I've been I, in I, Louisville I, 11 years. Fucking crazy to me. I've never lived anywhere that long in my life. By the way, y'all are welcome. We brought him up here <laughs> when we were in the band. You can't take credit for me being here. Sorry. By the way, <laughs> we brought him up here with the band. There is a story, though. It is true. I forgot about that. We did do a show in Paris, Kentucky when we were in Warmouth because my brother lent me his motorcycle trailer. Lent us his motorcycle trailer. Yeah. That's how we brought all our gear up here. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Uh, but you cannot take credit for me being in Louisville. Sorry. That credit has to go to the dudes in Heaven Tim, Hill. Tim Conley. Good job. Good job. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Sorry, Donkey Punch. You can't take credit either. It is ha- it, it credit. I have to give credit where credit's due. It's all because of Chris Evans and Chuck Willis in Heaven Hill. But you finally actually got to hear some of that earlier today. Pretty good shit, wasn't it? Now, what was that? Heaven or Hell? What, what wasn't that a Black Sabbath tribute band? No, Heaven Hill was a very is a really cheap vodka up here. <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> no, it's, I, I it's, it's a really low grade vodka and a really low grade liquor. It's so it's in my budget. Yes. All right. Sweet. Yes. 
I'm fantastic. I, I think I'll get some on the way home. Uh, no, I, I, I did hear it, and I thought it was actually really good, dude. It, it was cool shit. It was, uh, that was the one that... There's been three bands in my life I thought were going to make it. S-Tribe, Warmouth, and Heaven Hill. I, you, you don't have to say Warmouth because it's your podcast. I'm not. <laughs> my close friends know that I've, I've said that to them before. There's the three bands I always quote as saying the ones that I thought would get me to that next level or get up to the signed thing or what the fuck ever you want to call it. I mean, nowadays you can't call it anything. You fucking make a YouTube video and blow the right person and it becomes viral. You're famous. Who the fuck knows how this shit works anymore? But I've always quoted those three, or not quoted, I've always said those three bands were the ones I thought were going to do it. S-Tribe, Warmouth, and Heaven Hill. So I'm not saying that because you're sitting here asking any of my friends. But that's why you can't take credit. I have to give credit to them. Those, they begged me. I'm just kidding. They didn't beg me. Chris was a persistent motherfucker. Oh, persistent motherfucker. That's good. He was. I think. I think he just wanted. I think he wanted to touch my butt. I understand. I think Chris wanted to touch my butt, for real. I mean, he's touched my butt a lot since then. For the record, in no way am I affiliated with Chris touching Steve's butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, brother. Please, 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 don't ever change who you are. I love your fucking face. You're awesome. Ah. Everybody's got to be. Everybody's got to know an asshole. Everybody's got to be an asshole. Pretty Luckily, much. I just have the whole package. That's Captain Gaston, you ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Can we change it to Captain Asshole? Wait, no, no, no. no. Gaston, you an asshole are kind of the same thing, aren't they? Gashole, gas house. That's what I've been calling it for years. And you know who I learned that from? You. Shh! Don't tell people I know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids, we're out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check out my sponsor. Uh, I hope you dug whatever Warmouth song I decided to play. Please let me know if you liked it because I really don't know at this point. I will do it later because right now, PJ is going to drink a beer. I'm going to go drink a coffee and uh, smoke some cigarettes. Yep, we'll probably Work on my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Work on my voice. <laughs> I am out of here. PJ is out of here. And as I say at the end of every episode, go do some shit. Seriously, go. Get the fuck out of here. PJ, tell him. Get the fuck hey, out of here. You. Yeah, I'm talking to fucking you. Get off your Rudy Poo candy ass. Get away from the motherfucking computer. Get in the fucking car. PJ, go wait, to wait. the bar. PJ, wait. Come here. Oh, oh I'm you, sorry. You have Y'all, yeah. Go have some fun, people. There you go. We love you. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.